I mean, I feel like since the rise of patriarchy and like people focusing on their solar personality and just discovering the moon is such a like deep thing, you know, because it's a process, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm a moon in Virgo and I'm like this. No, it's like, it's a process. It's like, you have to really think about your subconscious mind and, and what happens below the surface and and your super deeper needs. I mean, I dare to say in the book, your moon sign is the real you. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. All right. Hello there, baddies. Get ready. Buckle up. We have a very special treat today. We're going to chat all things moon magic and lunar love with today's guest, Narayana Montufour. She is an artist, an astrologer, a writer, and she recently came out with the book, Moon Signs, Unlock Your Inner Luminary Power. She finds inspiration in the symbolic language of astrology. You probably have seen her writing. She is the senior astrologer of astrology.com. Ever heard of it? And horoscope.com. And her work has been featured in numerous lifestyle publications like Vogue, Teen Vogue, Refinery29, In Style, Britain Co., Bustle, Pop Sugar, Woman's Health, and more. She was also featured as one of Medium.com's Authority Magazine 2020's Strong Female Leaders. Hello, we love that. Design Magazine's Top Artist to Collect in 2020, and she was one of Vogue's 13 Astrologers to Follow in 2021. Hello, chic. Hello, big public (laughs) image. Hello, big name in astrology. But really, one reason I'm excited to have her on here is she does such beautiful, brilliant work in helping people tap into purpose and develop a deeper relationship with the cosmos. And she really embodies the archetype of the healing artist, cosmic poet that I love so much. And that is why I am so excited to have her on as today's Cosmic Changemaker. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, Manny. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It really means a lot. Oh, such a treat. I mean, you are, I feel like you are one of the, like, I don't know, I just remember seeing your name years before I got to write alongside you in Refinery29. And then I was looking at your bio. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this woman is like, (laughs) she's been doing some work and really building a beautiful, like, name for yourself and, you know, really putting a lot of work into your craft as an astrologer. So why don't you tell people listening a little bit about yourself and what you do in your own words? Totally. Yeah, that would be my pleasure. The truth is I consider myself a late bloomer. I mean, I have been in the astrology world for over 10 years, but there was a lot going on. (laughs) There was a lot of like deep soul searching before I got there. There were a few years in which I felt a little lost, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. And yeah, I mean, 
the moment I got to astrology, I actually was in the music industry before I got to astrology because I adore music. I'm a South Node in Pisces. And so I'm sure I was a musician in a past life because I just have this connection to music. And I used to work for Spin Media at the time who published, you know, Spin Magazine. But when that ended, I found myself kind of like, oh, what do I want to do? You know, I'm not really sure. I didn't really want to continue in music because in full disclosure, I didn't like the industry. And the truth is, I developed my love for astrology when I started my job at horoscope.com. And so, I mean, I, I went into it as an editor, oh, an wow. editor, bilingual editor. And then I started climbing up a little bit and then became associate editor and then managing editor and so and so. But there was a moment in my life in which like, you know, little by little, I started studying a lot and going to classes on the weekends and just diving deeply and learning and learning about numerology, about Chinese astrology, about tarot, because I created all this content. And so I was like, there's something here. I've done this before. Ooh, I've done this love before. That. I, I know I've been a witch before. I know. <laughs> and it just, this world just started fascinating me. And there was a, a moment in which I had to make a decision in which I had to basically decide if I would continue my editorial career, which I've been, you know, nurturing for a decade or more, or if I wanted to be an astrologer, right? And I remember my husband saying, are you sure you want to do this? Because, you know, he obviously he cares for me. And I was like, yeah, it seems very <laughs> clear to me that this is the path and that's what I'm going to do. And I made a pretty big decision at that time of not abandoning my editorial career because I'm not abandoning it, right? I'm, I'm a writer. You're but, still writing, right. Yeah, but it was more like a title and a focus for my work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the leap. And once I did it, oh, everything started like just falling into place and my name started getting out there. And it was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Right before then, I went through a big period of transformation in my life in which coincidentally, well, not really coincidentally, but I was <laughs> going through my progressed moon, my progressed black moon. Mm. And so, my life changed really quickly during like, I don't know, it was like year, two years and all the acquaintances, like, you know, my group of people changed, my life changed and then just, and then here we are. <laughs> and then here we are. You just arrived. Oh, beautiful. What a great example of, yeah, like that nudge that you get. You're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, it just feels very clear. Like, it feels like I'm being pulled into something bigger than me or something I've done before. But of course, there's like the logical part of the brain or the people in our lives who are like, are you sure? And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. And actually, for people listening, because you are like, we're going to talk about so many things about the moon today in this episode. But for people who don't know about the progressed moon or progressed dark moon, can you just explain what that is a little bit? Of course. I mean, for me, it's been... And I'm sure for a lot of people and a lot of clients. And so a lot of people don't know that your birth chart moves. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like being, it's a being on itself. I mean, the progress chart, my teacher told me, take out the word progressed because it's a boring word and change it for 
evolved, right? Much better rebrand. Yeah, evolved. <laughs> My evolved me. And so as you grow and have all these experiences of loss, happiness, marriages, jobs, and all of this, all that change is in the progress chart because your chart grows with you. It moves, it evolves with you. And so progressions, the boring word, is like a technique that astrologers use to bring the chart to the present moment. And so I never, ever do a reading without pulling the progress chart. Why? Because you want to know what your client's here for, right? Like you want to know where they're at. And so in that progress chart, I mean, things move relatively slowly, right? Relatively mm -hmm. slowly, but the moon is the fastest, just like, just like it happens in the sky that the moon She's never the same. She's like the lady of the night wears a different costume every single night, right? Visiting every neighborhood, every sign, every few nights. Hey, what's going on over there? Hey. <laughs> I love that. And so in the bird chart, the moon changes signs. In the progressed of the evolved chart, the moon changes signs every two and a half years. And as she does that, she's, she triggers all the other planets. And the progressed moon will tell you a lot about where your emotional focus is. It will depict changes of heart. Like, oh, all of a sudden I'm not into this anymore. Or all of a sudden I'm interested or I'm feeling more emotional. And so it is so important to know where your progressed moon is. And so I decided to include that in the last chapter of my book because I was like, it wasn't originally going to be there, but I said, I need to figure, a way, figure out a way to include it because it's crucial. <laughs> I'm so happy you did. I feel like that's not really mentioned in enough like intro level astrology or books that you get that aren't like maybe focused on that. And it's such a powerful tool. And I remember when I found that out, I was like, oh, that is making everything make sense from the last year, the last two years. Like I'm in my progressed moons in cancer right now. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. like it just, it's like makes so much sense. And it helps me really lean into that. And I just think that that's going to be a really amazing tool for people to access in, in your book. And you did such a good job explaining that. I love, I love the way you speak. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. So what a beautiful story. I'm also laughing because my brother-in-law is a Scorpio and he used to work at Spin too. And left probably for similar reasons. But anyway, I was just like, oh, you, you Scorpios, just always masters of transformation, masters of rebirth. Oh my God. It never ends. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> it like, never ends. The many lives, <laughs> the many lives you live. You know, I really want to talk to you a little bit. I'm just curious on your perspective on like the astrology we're in right now. I know that you are a Scorpio sun, Taurus rising. Mm -hmm. And Leo moon. And Leo Moon. So I feel like this year, you know, at the time of recording, it's early February. Um, this should come out in April time. I know, obviously, one of the big signature transits that's happening right now is we just went from, you know, the North Node moved in to Taurus, which I feel like is going to really affect you a lot in your chart heavily. <laughs> yes. Eyes widening. Buckle up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All that fixed energy is about to, like, get unearthed and go for a little ride. But I'm just curious, as, as an astrologer, you know, your take on the astrology of 2022, anything that's standing out to you, that transit, or even just like I, I was listening to, I cheated on a podcast, and the way you were talking about 2020 and 2021 through your lens was so beautiful, and it just gives such nice context to like 
how we arrived here in this year and what this year offers us. So is there anything, yeah, that's standing out to you about like the present astrology we're in or this moment in time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, 2020 was such a, it's an understatement to say that it was intense. And we knew something like that was going to happen because all of us were talking about it. I remember creating content. I remember coming up for with a headline for astrology.com that was like, your 2022 horoscope, life is about to get very, like, very real. And it did. Oh, my God. You know? But that's why I love astrology. And, and thank you f- for your words about my style and my, and my work. But my approach is holistic. Mm-hmm. It's never about, you know, being scared or have, feeling fear or that's the enemy, right? What we want is to feel aligned. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what astrology is really helpful for to know, just like when you want to know if it's going to snow or if it's going to rain. You want a raincoat, right? You want to have a raincoat. And so in a way, I see 2020 as a year that was needed, even though many different things happened and, you know, unfortunately people have suffered. But like as a collective, I think that it's really helping us reroute our focus, uh, ourselves. I mean, just look at how many more people are into spirituality. Just look out at like, Astrologies, it was already becoming mainstream, right? But like tarot, spirituality, I mean, and it's our guidance. I don't know about you, but I felt pretty well armed during that time. I loved quarantine because as an artist, I was like, oh, I can turn everything else off and focus on my art. I know this is going to last a long time, but I know there's an end to it, right? Right. You can, there's an ease in knowing in that map. Right. But I, I felt the same way. I had just gone into my nodal return in Gemini. So I was like, all right, time to write, no distractions. And I was just like at my computer writing, talking, listening. But there is something <laughs> about knowing like, okay, great. Like this is the time to do this. This is the season to do this. It's not going to last forever. I think as humans, like the uncertainty of things is what makes us kind of panic. Right. Right. So, okay. So you were 2020 you're doing your art. You're like, I see there's a timeline end to this. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it makes sense that 2021 would be a year of change, right? Because we are getting used to these like huge movements that brought by 2020. So nothing is going to be like immediately normal or immediately back to what it was. That's not going to happen. We're going to have to make adjustments. And so when I saw that 2021, because I write yearly horoscopes, so I knew, you know, and I was like, okay, change, change, change for fixed signs. And I'm, I'm, I'll have a lot of fixed. So I was like, oh boy. (laughs) Okay. Let's do this. And it was hard. It was a hard year, but it was also very needed and very, I mean, what I liked about 2021, it was just going into an alignment of, of essence you know, individuality Mm. of Mm. showing more who we want to be, like aligning more to our path, or at least that's how I approached it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be easy because change as humans, we don't like change, but the more we show our individuality and who we want to become, the more we're aligned towards that, the better we will be, right? 
And that trend continues. I mean, the Saturn-Uranus square, it's not perfecting in 2022, but it's still really active. They're there. They're still. (laughs) They're still there. And so it will still be a year of light speed change. I'm calling it light speed, like get with it. But the good news is that we have some mother help from Jupiter and all the spring astrology that it's going to be really helpful in terms of like integrating all this change and more growth. We finally have Jupiter, the planet of abundance, protection in a sign that it likes to be, you know, that hasn't happened since a long time ago, right? Since he was in Sagittarius. So I'm excited about this year. I'm really excited about the astrology, especially right now. I feel like we're connecting exactly on the turn. We're on the turn. That's what I keep saying. Like, guys, we're turning the corner right now. We're turning the cosmic corner. Like the the first first month of the first month of 2022 may feel a little bit like, well, March 2020, first of all. And it's also going to feel a little bit, yeah, all that retrograde energy, all that, like, we're still looking back, but this we're about to enter, yeah, like Mercury direct. And I feel like we have so much to look forward to. I'm very excited for Pisces season and, you know, and beyond. But tell me a little bit about why, why do you think we're turning the corner? What feels good to you right now? Well, first of all, Jupiter, which is like, I mean, Jupiter and Saturn set the tone and the notes, obviously, but Jupiter, Saturn, and the notes set the tone for the year, right? That's it. <laughs> if you want to like, yeah, Venus, Mars, of course, of course, they're natal planets and they matter, but the social planets, right? I say are Jupiter, Saturn, and then the nodes are like the karmic or collective. They set the tone. And so having Jupiter, first of all, in Pisces, it's like, okay, our ability to grow, our ability to expand, our our faith in humanity, like our compassion towards one another and understanding other people regardless of their, or how crazy you think their beliefs are, well, that's going to get a little easier, right? Even when we think that's impossible healing, right? The Pisces mm-hmm. season, I'm seeing a lot of healing because of the water element, the water is healing. And then this super rare conjunction of like Jupiter and Neptune that's happening on April 12th. But leading up to that, right? Leading up to that, I think it's like April 26th. That's like a gorgeous Pisces stellium in the sky that I'm seeing that date as like, I mean, it's on my calendar, like magic, <laughs> nothing else to do that day. Today's to-do list magic, nothing else. <laughs> There's nothing else to do because, you know, me and my husband, he, he he's really into it. So I'm, I like put it in the calendar and I was like, I'm clearing up my calendar for that day. I mean, this conjunction hasn't happened, I think, since 1856. 1856, yeah. So exactly. it's a big deal. Once in a lifetime like moment for us to, exactly. to witness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, that that Jupiter Neptune conjunction, I keep thinking about. I'm like, okay, like so. I just feel like so much healing in general. I think like you know when Jupiter and Neptune come together, there's an opportunity for you know a new reset, especially around like the arts and entertainment and where our where our vision's going. But to have it happen in Pisces now, I keep saying, I'm like, oh, if we think spirituality is mainstream now. I'm like, it's gonna be movies, TV shows, and the arts woven into just like, I think the tapestry of our, you know, pop culture collective and and what we're doing. And I think I keep telling people like all that stuff that people told you never going to make money doing 
that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is going to help you make money in the arts, in the metaphysics space, in, you know, in the energetic spiritual space. And yeah, I think that's such a beautiful, I've been, my sister's birthday is April 12th. So last year <gasps> wow. in 2021, when I was mapping out the year, I was like, oh, your birthday, we got him. Oh, so beautiful. Such that's a good, beautiful. Wow. Right. Okay. So April 26th, Pisces Stallion, magic day. We're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're changing so much as a collective. And I think so like much. you were saying, because Jupiter and Neptune are a lot about pop culture and music and movies. That's helping us adapt to all this change that we're living through. Because Uranus is creating that, right? It's it's in a sextile to Pluto. What does that mean? Deep transformation at so many levels. I mean, I also want to talk about the Nord Node because obviously it's important. But so I'm I'm really loving this because it's like water and earth. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of water and a lot of earth. So it's like watering your internal garden, mm. like really, really setting yourself up for success in terms of your inner world, because life is going to be moving so fast that it's really important to do that. Also, I, I think the Nord Node is so much in Taurus. It's so much about, like you said, making money through spirituality. Artists, I think artists mm -hmm. are going to uh, have another renaissance because the North Node in Taurus is ruled by Venus, right? And so art and like, I mean, it's just look at Instagram or just look at anything. Everything's now about more pleasure and more bringing more harmony to your life and like taking breaks and slowing quit down. your job, slowing hey. down. Let's enjoy our lives. Novel concept. <laughs> Let's like actually slow down and feel good and allow ourselves to like rest and right? Like the return totally. to that. It's the return to that. And I also think that because the Nord Nord was in Gemini while, while, you know, everyone could, couldn't go out. I mean, it started during the earlier nodal, right? Which is like the South Node in Capricorn, but there was just so much air, you know, like, being oh trapped in, in one's head. I love this new sense of coming back to our senses, coming back to the body, really connecting to our body. Earth. Oh, yes. Because like the truth is a lot of us were living and, and myself included as like being an artist, being an editor, being an astrologer and a wife and a friend, you know, like there was part, I have to admit, there was part of me that was living on, on crisis mode. I was like, I gotta do this and gotta do that. And now I'm just like, no, I'm doing me. Like, I'm doing yes, me, okay? Yes, yes. And you know what? I don't care. Like, this morning, mm -hmm. of course, I woke up and I sent emails, but, like, I think it was, like, for an hour. My next thing to do at 10 a.m., obviously, today was, like, our meeting was the most important thing, but I had a massage. I'm like, oh, I'm yes, getting honey. a massage. So, like, yes, Miss Taurus Rising. Like, <laughs> This is a priority. This is on the calendar on a Wednesday. I love that. And I I loved, you know, you were saying in an interview I heard you on of like 2021 was a lot about actually like, yeah, change, but like figuring out where we wanted to get free and like how we wanted to do that. Maybe we couldn't do it last year, but I think this is the year where we get to like put that into action and right and live our life in more alignment with our values. And like, you know, what's really important to me. I want to live a life where I can, I don't have to be like, go, 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 hustle, 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 
survival mode, you know, busy, 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 air, 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 email, texting, Instagram, you know, like Snapchat and TikTok. Like I want to get a massage Wednesday afternoon. And so like I'm putting the things into place in my life so I can live in alignment with that. That is, to me, that is, you're the wealthiest, you're the richest person I know. Cause like, that's the, that's the lifestyle (laughs) that feels like, yes, success. Like life isn't perfect, but the fact that you can arrange your schedule to that, that's what I've been working towards also. And and that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful model of our, (laughs) our, our cosmic assignment, right? Under uh, North Node and Taurus. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I think like spending time in nature, caring about the environment, like connecting to the senses, being more creative, having more patience, building more, building a stable security, but not, Taurus is not just about money. You know, you hear about that a lot, like, oh, money. It's like, yeah, I mean, Taurus is good at making money, but it's not the only thing Taurus is about. It's like about, to me, it's like, because Taurus is the second sign of the zodiac. So it's like, Aries, it's like the mantra, it's like, I am, right? I am. Taurus is like, okay, I have to exist in this body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. So it's like your connection to just your connection to the to the world. To being a human, to like, yeah, connecting in, like the security we want from that, but the connection, like you said, to the five senses and like, why are we in these human bodies? To feel things, to feel the sensations, to smell things, to to be here and and to feel into that. Absolutely. Yeah. So Taurus North Node, that goes until July 2023? Or how long? We're in it for like 18 months, right? Yeah, 18 months. Mm -hmm. And we have Uranus is going to be really, I feel like we've had, Uranus has been in Taurus since when? 2018. Mm -hmm. It's 2018. And so we've seen, like, I remember I just started studying astrology, maybe like, seven years ago, formally, but really internal. And I'm laughing about you writing articles for astrology.com in 2020, because that's when I just started doing readings. And I was like, I don't even have the words to describe what I'm seeing in this astrology. So I was talking to fellow astrologers, but I would never have known how to put in a headline at that moment in my career. (laughs) I was like, how to synthesize this? But I remember, you know, when Uranus moved into Taurus, astrologers were talking about, yeah, like changes to currency, changes to heart changes to the way we, you know, move and do things and even like supply chain you know, issues, changes to food, changes to healthcare. And I'm in 2018, like changes to currency. Like, I don't, what does that even mean? You know, and now here we are flash forward 2022, we're seeing, you know, Bitcoin and crypto and NFTs and the metaverse, like real estate in the digital space. So how do you feel that like Uranus and the North Node working together, like is that just going to like supercharge the North Node and Taurus energy? Like I always think of Uranus and Taurus is always a little bit of a, um, a paradox to me, right? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a mismatch. It's a mismatch. Right. Like, they're funny bedfellows. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird because like when we were first talking about it, we we're like, okay, this is like a weird match. I mean, they say that Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto don't have exaltations, but the people who think they have exaltations, Uranus is exalted in Scorpio. And my son's conjunct Uranus in Scorpio. So I know that <laughs> I know that energy really well. I think that the Nord node activates Uranus more. Mm-hmm. More than Uranus the node. Mm-hmm. Because the Nord node is just a point of intake. You know, it's intake of energies in your face. It's like, bam, we're doing this. 
And that's why I think it's really important to get to get with the change and yes. social media, like you're saying, money, food, real estate, everything that Taurus rules, like all the earth things. And earth is what sustains us, right? Earth is mm-hmm. like the earth element is your home, like what you used to buy a coffee. Like it's just, it's just, that's why I think that from this moment on, it's just going to be so much change because like, the North Node is going to conjunct Uranus, but then the, the Uranus is going to try in Pluto at some point around that. So there is a connection there. But also the South Node in Scorpio, it's going to be trining Neptune. Oh, so, okay. So talking about the South Node, I, I'm going to talk about your book in a second, but I'm loving this conversation, especially I feel like I have an expert, you living the Taurus, Scorpio, Uranus <laughs> life. Oh, man. What would be your recommendation to people listening of like how the South Node in Scorpio is going to feel or how to work with that energy or how to navigate like what that's going to feel like? Because I know from personally, like really tracking the South Node when it was in Sagittarius, I was like, oh, yeah, this is very literal. Like we're not flying. (laughs) We're not feeling a lot of hope and optimism. The rose colored glasses are off. Like we have to look at life. But how do you think that will like translate as we move into the Scorpio South Node or as we're in it now? Right. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think that the South Node in Scorpio will be really about abandoning the crisis, you know, abandoning, like constantly living from on crisis mode. Mm. Like mm-hmm. intensely, I think intense relationships, like just look at TV. Everyone's obsessed with intense, dramatic relationships and things like that. It's like that. I think that's going to be not cool anymore. Like <laughs> out, out, out. Cool. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? You know, it's like, because Scorpio, a lot of Scorpio is relating to another, you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of eighth housey. So it's kind of like, I need to abandon living on crisis mode because that's what Scorpio is. That's the truth. This because Scorpio is such a survivor sign. It's the sign of transformation. It's the only sign that has three animal signs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The scorpion, the snake, and the phoenix. And so it's just gonna I feel like Scorpio is a lot of internal in living a like kind of shedding our own internal ways of mm. constantly living in crisis mode, constantly thinking, it's like, I'm the phoenix, I'm the phoenix, I'm the phoenix. It's like, okay, that also gets intense, you right. know? Of course, like, just chill for a little bit. Like, you have to actually just enjoy all the transformation you've done, right? Like, just sit in it. Right, right. To be honest, I think it's going to expose a lot of the toxicity in the spiritual community. I was thinking that, too. The word, like, <laughs> the exposing of this, <laughs> I'm like, this is me with my tea. I'm like, <laughs> like, <we're> not, uh, <laughs> be like watch <laughs> absolutely i think that scorpio south note i first i love your take on releasing like the drama releasing that like being in that surviving mode and just like you know i think there's something so beautiful and like the zen of taurus is like let's just sit in the grass and like enjoy the sunshine like it doesn't all have to be, you know, high drama, high intensity. So I think that's a beautiful interpretation that I haven't heard or thought of. And then, yeah, the exposing. I keep thinking this Scorpio South Node is definitely going to be showing us things in the spiritual community and probably like, probably from the past few years, showing us things like, oh, by, by the way, you thought this was going on? This is really happening. Or, you know, just bringing things out to light. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember even, I mean, just Scorpio energy does that, right? Because it's Pluto. And if you have a Mercury retrograde there, you know, things oh, like yeah. that. I remember all the scandals that came out just when Jupiter was in Scorpio, right? Uh, that was crazy all the sexual, to me. all the sexual, all that stuff. The Me Too movement was like three days after the, like, I remember tracking that and being like, what? Because I was just learning about astrology. So like living it is different than reading about it. So it's like, I remember writing down Jupiter moved into Scorpio. I wonder what that's going to feel like. Like, how does Jupiter expand Scorpio? <laughs> and there's yeah. like three days later, Harvey Weinstein. And right to like the very last moment, it like right when it was ending, it's time in Scorpio was like the Brett Kavanaugh trial. And we were all back there talking and about that again. And it still continues. Oh my God, that was crazy. No, that, that Scorpio revealing. It's like a wave, right? Because like right. all the way from like, I, you know, I, I see astrology as a story, right? You can never see just like, oh, this mm. planet is doing that. No, it's like this planet is doing that because that other planet did that. It's like a story, right? And so I think that this is that continuation that, because Jupiter, we also forget that Jupiter is about justice. Mm, that's one of the that. key words for Jupiter, justice, because Jupiter, that's the benefic side of Jupiter. You know, it's a, it's, Absolutely. A, it's, a, it's a planet of justice. It does it in a way that doesn't feel that bad sometimes because it's like an easier energy. It's not like Saturn, you know, it's like, Arr. right. It's like, okay, we're going to expose this, you know, <laughs> but I think things could get pretty ugly because I mean, it, on these exposes situations, mm -hmm. whoever that, you know, all these like fake shamans or all these mm -hmm. like fake gurus and people who like have overextended their power, I think the mm -hmm. South Node is going to expose them because that's not okay. If you really are a person who wants to do something good for the world, you don't charge a million dollars for a reading. You don't do things, no. you know, you don't do things that kind of like instigate a culture of like fan, you know, kind right. of self-worship, exactly. status, like gatekeeping, like all this ego stuff you see. Like I have the truth, you know, like it's like, right. it's like astrology has always done this. It's nothing, you know what I mean? And I feel like, that's kind of present. It's not just in the astrology community. It's in the entire spiritual community. And so I think that the South Node trining Neptune, it's going to be really... Because we have a tendency to think, oh, trines are easy. Yes, but trines are sneaky too. Because it's easy. Because <laughs> it's, it's easy. It makes it so easy. To totally. Expose. I mean, don't you think that some of your trines are kind of sneaky sometimes in your oh, chart? so sneaky. But yeah, I can see the trine. It just makes it easy. It's an open road, an open flow. Like, oh, you want to expose something here? No blocks. No, no bouncer at the door. Just go right in. No boundaries. <laughs> no boundaries. Right. And I think that that Neptune and Pisces we've been under has obviously created such a beautiful push to all people coming back to like their version of spirituality, a renewal of inspiration, faith. But I think it has created a little bit of like, there's been some delusion or people taking advantage of that, right? Like, especially, I think the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, I'm telling you, it's going to be so amazing. But I'm like, also just look out for people. We're all craving like a spiritual, something to have faith in, something to feel like, oh, after the past few years is so hard. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to try and take advantage of that in a not so um, on the up and up, high integrity way. 
And so I'm like, oh God, like there's probably more of that. But I think the Scorpio South node is going to be like, nope, end revealed, end <laughs> exposed. So it's going to be, I think, a very interesting, interesting time. So much to think about. Okay, I want to talk about your book. I mean, we could talk. I'm, I could like just pick your brain on every transit for the year. But we were talking about the nodes of the moon, which transitions lovely into your book. Yeah, I am so curious. What made you want to write about the moon? I heard you describe this book and had people work with their moon as a way of understanding their night vision. And I love that description of understanding like your moon is understanding your night vision. Yeah, tell us a little bit about, like, why the moon? Why her? In full disclosure, originally the book wasn't just going to be about the moon. It was going to be about the luminaries. But, you know, it's really funny. Like, the whole process of writing a book is so different, especially because I have been for so long in, like, online publishing. You know, it's like you get an article, you know, you edit it, you put it up, and that's it, you know? This was a pretty long process, like... It was really long. So I had, honestly, a shout out to the Hardy Grand people because the publishing company I got to work with, they were incredible. They were so amazing. The artists, everybody. But we worked on it together. You know, I wrote a few different options for them and they liked this one the best. Yeah, I remember. It was crazy how also in my chart, everything was like, the moon was doing so much, you know, but I don't know. I just feel like I feel very inspired by the fact that people are discovering their moon now, you know, as the second step, I feel really inspired to expose the moon in all her glory because I feel like she's been buried. She's been hidden. She's been very hidden, very moon-like of her to be hidden in the night, but yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like since the rise of patriarchy and like people focusing on their solar personality and just discovering the moon is such a like deep thing, you know, because it's a process, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm a moon in Virgo and I'm like this. No, it's like, it's a process. It's like, you have to really think about your subconscious mind and, and what happens below the surface and and your super deeper needs. I mean, I dare to say in the book, your moon sign is the real you. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Moon, the moon sign is what made me a believer. Like I always was interested in astrology. My aunt was into it. I'd read books. But I remember the day like I just connected for me reading about Pisces moon. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like I felt so seen. And I was like, all these things clicked into place. So I absolutely do think that, right? It's your inner... It's your inner world. It's how you respond to all the emotional stimuli around you. And <laughs> right, right. But I also think that's that's why the moon requires more conscious awareness, right? Because it's when you're at your most vulnerable, how you react to things, what are your emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And so if you're basing your life or your personality with your son, it's not that the sun doesn't matter. Of course it does, but it it could you know, it could be really feeding your ego and hurting mm. your soul. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's a that good way of putting it. doesn't feel right. You know, that doesn't feel right. Because, like, I mean, I'm a Scorpio sun and a Leo moon. And as you know, they square. And I have that square very closely. Yeah. And so I remember for me, it was like, 
oh no, this feels really bad for my Leo moon. You know, like the Scorpio sun wants to hide, but the Leo moon wants mm. to shine. And so you have to find that balance. And then everyone has a different combination. But I mean, the moon is just so much about not only how you were brought up, your mother, your relationship mm-hmm. with your mother, but like the feminine archetype inside of you mm-hmm. that really needs nurturing, you know? Words out of my mouth. I was going to say that side of us just needs nurturing. It needs to be nourished because we live in a society traditionally that sort of casts that aside, right? Like our emotional self, our intuitive self, our inner self, our you know, more quote unquote, like feminine self. So uh, yeah, that, that's so beautiful. I love listening to you talk about the moon. It's so beautiful. <laughs> um, and I, I love that you're saying about like creating the relationship. I heard you say creating like a, a relationship with your chart, a relationship with your moon sign. Like you're just going to find like a relationship you have in life. Like you might be like, oh, I love this about my Pisces moon. And there might be something like, oh, that part of my moon and that aspect, like that's a little that's a little tricky to work through. We're like, why you got to be like that? But then you learn like any relationship, you learn to work with all parts, you know, the shadow, the light, the, and you're bringing things into consciousness and you learn to work with all of the obstacles and opportunities in your chart. But I do think the moon is like, everything stems from there. Cause like you said, it's the true you. So you can't be learning about your career and your soul's purpose and you know, how you're going to be in relationships and how you're going to fall in love if you don't, kind of understand your moon, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you don't know the moon, if you don't understand the moon, it's just like, it's like the segue to so many other parts of yourself. And it's really funny. I find that, I find it really funny because like, even in coaching, you know, all the coaches, because I've done coaching is actually one of the things that have worked for me. Well, I remember my coach saying, is there anything more important than how you feel? And they're like, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to spend all this money to realize that there's nothing more important than how you feel. And that's the moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, for me, it was groundbreaking. I remember, I mean, I had my first astrology reading as a teen back in Mexico City. And I remember the astrologer saying, you came here to serve. And I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> I was a teen, you know, I was like. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, I think she was talking about the Nord Node in Virgo. Yes, and your Leo Moon's like, but I also want to, like, shine and dazzle a little bit. Like, do I have to serve? Yeah, you can love that reaction. And I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Such a fun, perfect reaction. Like, what? Oh my God. But yeah, so I mean, I just feel like the moon is incredibly, incredibly important for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, for many, it's a little harder to incorporate, you know, because they're like not yeah. used to, they were, they were told that they couldn't mm-hmm. feel. It's just like, what? You know, things are changing, luckily, but the moon says the story that's hidden. You oh. know? That alone, just the permission to, like you said, to feel and permission to like feel into your emotions is so big. I love that. And your book, tell us a little bit about like, I know you made it to be very actionable, very like digestible, which, you know, my, I know you have North Northern Virgo, all your Virgo planets. My Virgo son loves something, you know, making it digestible and making it like 
what's my to-do list here? What's, what's my bullet point list of how to work with this? So what are you, like, how do you break down you know, how to work with the moon, for example? Well, the first step is to find your moon sign, which is like the time is extremely important, as you know, because if you were born during a moment in which the moon switches signs, that could be deal break, you know, the deal breaker. If you're like an, a Pisces moon or an Aries moon, that's a big, big difference. difference. <laughs> big difference, like huge, huge. That I wish I was an Aries moon sometimes. That'd be so much cooler. <laughs> really? I think Aries moons, like they just have some bad bitch energy. I think my Pisces moon is just like, I, I love my Pisces moon, but I'm just like, wow, imagine me with an Aries moon. It'd be like a makeover version of me. <laughs> like sandy at the end of Greece, like all leather outfit. <laughs> I don't know. Aries moon people, not not to offend anyone, but they struggle because for relationships, it's hard. I love Pisces moon people. Okay. I love Pisces. I, know, I love my Pisces. My dog's a Pisces moon. We get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So first step, finding out your moon sign and your time, very important. Yes. Time, very important. So the first step is finding your moon sign and then... Really watching yourself. I feel like astrology works the best when you're like taking it from a place, from a holistic perspective, not like, oh, I don't want to be this sign or, oh, I never really thought, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I'm this moon sign. I have to like take it in, right? I have to take it in and watch how that manifests. Mm -hmm. Then the house is super important, right? In which house it is, because it just shows where your emotional focus is for mm -hmm. life. And it also, I mean, both the sun, the, the zodiac sign and the house placement will tell a lot about your mother and how were you brought up and mm -hmm. what nurtures you, right? What nurtures you totally. and what makes you feel good. Then the aspect, right, is the moon sitting next to Pluto, is the moon. Because you could have, for example, a Leo moon and be, oh, shiny. But if it's sitting next to Pluto, it's not a, it's not a super shiny moon. It's an intense, right? So it really matters what your moon is connecting to mm -hmm. in the chart. So if it's squaring Mars, if it's trining Neptune, is it, mm -hmm. is it sitting next to an asteroid, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but I forgot the moon face, though. Oh, yes, 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 The yes. moon face is really important because it's not the same thing to be born on a dark moon face than being born on a full moon face. And that face is going to be pretty telling about your overall journey here on Earth, right? Because mm -hmm. if you were born on a new moon, you're here to build something. If you're born on... You know, on a full moon is in, you're in a, in a journey, which like, you'll see a lot of like things climax in this incarnation. That's me. Full moon baby. Yes. Oh, really? Absolutely. I resonate with that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Virgo, sun, <laughs> Pisces, moon. That yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say in my book, the way I organized it, I organized it first as like the transiting moon just to help people mm -hmm. attune to that. So when the moon's in Virgo, you clean your house, la la la. Yeah. When the moon's in Leo, you just are creative and shine. And then I put the moon face. So everyone gets that. Like it's like the first imprint. Then I put the moon sign. Then I put the moon house. And then I get into the progressed moon. 
which I have a calculator for because, you know, astrology, is, it, it, it's so like, yeah. you kind of have to make it, you know, very personal for it to work. So I created a moon sign calculator in which you just punch in your oh, perfect. date of birth and you get your natal moon sign and house and your progressed moon and house. So this book is designed to actually be a companion. It's not designed to just be read once because like, let's say when your progress moon goes into Aries, then you're like, that applies to you. <laughs> like yeah, all yeah. the Aries <laughs> applies to you. Yeah. And so I designed in hoping that it will be like a companion in which like, it was like, what's going on with my life? Everything's like, oh my God, crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, the moon, the progress moon. I mean, it could be also something else. It could be transits, but the progress moon is so important, right? Because that's it's a like a jumping off point, right? Yeah. That's where your emotional focus is right now. Yeah. It's such like the background. It's like, yes, that's the main setting of everything else that's going on under that. Oh, what an amazing resource. I love it. Like a companion. I could see, you know, my copy is going to be very weathered and dog-eared and all the notes and I think you know, a book about the moon. There's a lot of consulting to do. So that's so beautiful. And where can, where do people buy it from? Oh, I mean, you can buy it everywhere where books are. So you can get it at Amazon. It's on Goodreads. It's on Urban Outfitters. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it's out Amazing. there. Amazing. Oh, so good. <laughs> I'm, it looks beautiful. The illustrations are everyone like, you know, I know this is a podcast. You can't see it, but look it up. It's, it looks very like Taurus. Like, I want to touch it. Like it looks like it's like gold foil. It looks like and the, and the illustrations, it just looks like a book that is like also just the experience of looking at it. It feels very like soothing for your, for your moon, for your inner world and, and your creative self. Thank so, you. So, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know we're almost at an hour here, which is like longer than I normally do. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, we've been <laughs> chatting. I'm like, um, it's turned dark where I am. This is so amazing. So, so many fun like resources and, and tidbits and things to look forward to. And so much hope. I love, I love the lens, which are very real. You know, you don't sugarcoat stuff. You're telling us the truth. Love that Scorpio energy. <laughs> um, but you, uh, you know, I think you and I, we, we view astrology through a very similar, I can, when I listen to you talk, I'm like, yes, like that, that's how I feel too. So it's very reassuring for me to hear that from you. And know, I'm sure it's going to be very um, reassuring and inspiring. I would love to have you on again because we're out of time, but I feel like the way you talk about purpose Mm -hmm. is my favorite. And I heard you talk, say that no one really comes to you, not no one, but people don't really tend to come to you for like romance, love readings. I'm the same way. Everyone who comes to me is like, wants to plug into their soul. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? Like, in yes, career, but beyond that, just as like, why am I here? Why am I in this like, you know, meat suit? Why am I doing this human thing? So I would love to have you back on if your schedule ever permits to talk about purpose, because I know Cosmic RX Radio, the Cosmic Baddies, they're very into that. Yeah, I would that's my favorite. It's oh. actually my favorite subject. We got to do a whole podcast just about that. Because I was like, how am I going to talk about the astrology this year and the moon and purpose? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you did a fabulous job. Oh, no, no. But I, I got to have you back on. So if, if I'm sure everyone's going to want you back on after this episode. But in the meantime, where can people find you and what do you have going on? Like, how can people work with you? What's something exciting you have coming down the pipeline? Yeah, totally. So obviously I'm like trying to brainstorm my second book because I, I don't want to, I, I want to continue this work. But you know, as I was saying, that's like a two year process. <laughs> so <laughs> my website is naramon.com. 
And uh, my offerings are, I mean, I have many different readings like astral DNA, I call it. I have the new Mm. you actually progressed you. I paint birth charts. That's actually my most favorite thing to do in full disclosure. I want that. That's when I'm the happiest when I'm painting. Mm. And so I love doing my birth chart paintings and they've, I've seen great success with those. And I also host moon circles. But yeah, I mean, I have a lot of like podcasts coming out there. I create a lot of content on Instagram mainly. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And is that the best way for people to reach out to you, email you through your website or like yeah, DM me so. the question? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think, like, uh, I think email works better. I mean, I definitely keep on with the DMs. Yeah. Life's exciting. We'll see. Amazing. Okay. That painted birth chart, I knew you were an artist and obviously we talked about it, but the painted birth chart, that's something I always like visualize in my mind. I might have to like treat myself to that. Honestly, it's my favorite work. <laughs> it sounds so you. Like I'm just after looking at your birth chart, after talking to you, I'm just like that. That is what you definitely <laughs> should be doing. A lot of that. That feels so in alignment for you. Well, Nariana, it was so beautiful to have you on. This was such a rich, rich episode. So juicy. And just think, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up, before we close out? No, I'm just really, really grateful for you, for your attention, for for your time as well. I feel like we vibe super well. So <laughs> I would love to be back here to talk about the notes. We've got to do part two. <laughs> Absolutely. That's definitely in the books. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.